Welcome to Healing Hidden Wounds with Lee and Shay Preston, directors of Shadow of His Wings Ministry. We pray those who feel forgotten by Christ or who don't feel worthy to call upon the name of Jesus can come to find His hope, His grace, His healing, and ultimately, His love. Let's listen in as Lee and Shay seek to offer real answers to life's tough questions. Well, good evening. We're glad you're back with us this week, and uh, we are just celebrating a, a great Sunday, and uh, we're celebrating uh, Christmas. All of it tends to run together after a while. I'm here tonight with my beautiful wife, Shay. Hi, Shay. Hello. We have Shay back this week. She was out last week taking care of grandkids, and so this week she's back, and we had Pastor Raymond last week sharing a little bit of his testimony. Hope you'll forgive us. We uh, are suffering a bit from cedar allergies this week, and so you may hear a little bit of hacking and coughing going on, but we'll sure try to keep it to a minimum. But we're just glad you're listening, and we do try to offer real-life answers to life's tough questions, and so we hope to be able to do that tonight. We do want to remind you that we are a call-in show, and you're welcome to call. Uh, The number is 340 nine five eight five excuse me um that is a, a great number to call us if you get into the show and you start listening and you'd like to ask a question or you have a comment that would be a great number to listen i mean to call in on we also want to remind you uh we are a listener supported radio show and if you find what you hear this evening or any of the other shows if you find that interesting please don't hesitate to go on our website at www.shadowofhiswingsministry.com and donate to help uh, keep this show on the air. Again, you can all... And they can also go there just to kind of learn a little bit more about our ministry. Absolutely. The website has all kinds of places. We have a blog. We also have podcasts available. You're welcome to look at, uh, to listen to any of the podcasts we have. Just to kind of get a background of our ministry. Our ministry was born out of our own brokenness and the healing that God brought to us. And so we're excited about helping others find freedom. We don't claim to know all the, the answers, but we certainly will try to find them if we don't know them. But all we know is that God has called us to share our story because that's what we've got is how what he's done for us. So we're just glad you're here tonight. Uh, we're going to start by just talking a little bit about Pastor Raymond and his testimony since last week seemed a little rushed and we had people who wanted to ask questions, but we didn't get all the questions answered. Well, and I just wanted to share with everybody that uh, if they didn't catch last week's show, they can find it. They can listen to it online. And uh, we're going to have Pastor Raymond back next week. That's and right. kind of finish up his story. That's right. Pastor Raymond came uh, last week to, to share his testimony. His testimony, he's uh, as a pastor, uh, he, ca- he got into uh, some broken sexuality as a child. He was sexually abused, and it led him down a path of uh, pornography and uh, other sexual brokenness that ultimately led him to some prison time. And so it is. Uh, his story is one of great uh, brokenness, but also great hope and great healing. Well, and I think the thing that struck me when uh, I was listening, even when I was at home 
watching the grandchild, I was listening. And, um, you know, I just, it was great the way he was describing how even in the midst of his sin and his struggle, that his heart, he knew his heart was, was for God, and he knew God was calling him to be a pastor. Yet he still had this struggle and this, this thing that, that he just kept getting drawn to, but it was basically from his brokenness from his past. And I think that's just the, the real important piece to think about in all of our brokenness is that just because sometimes we get caught in brokenness doesn't mean we don't have a heart for God or that we don't want to follow God. And I thought that was great because I, I really resonated with that in my own past of, of, on one hand, struggling with homosexuality but not knowing how to get free and not knowing how to find Christ in the midst of it, but knowing he was calling me and remembering hearing his voice. And so brokenness doesn't always mean that you are absolutely distant from God. It just means that you may not know how to get to him completely. And so brokenness doesn't always absolutely disqualify us from being in a relationship with the Lord. Right. Well, and, you know, I thought it would be good tonight to just kind of talk about um, what is it when, I mean, we have sin, we have, we, we look at people's sin or we look at our own sin, and some sin just seems to be harder to to overlook. Some sin seems to be harder to just kind of say, you know, I forgive you. You know, we received an email, and I, can I share this email with you? Sure. Okay, it says, <coughs> My husband was a pastor for 23 years when he was found looking at pornography and ultimately found out he was involved in online affairs. We lost our church, and I have been very angry since all that happened. How can I forgive him? Do you have any thoughts on that? Well, I think uh, certainly, you know, the the more devastating the sin, the more the more consequences that sin has, the more painful it is, and the harder it is to forgive. It's also, you know, and and, and just to kind of go back a little bit to Pastor Raymond, you know, I'm sure many listeners might be thinking, wow, this is a pastor who ended up in jail because of his sin. But it's very important that we don't judge sin based upon the world standards, that just because somebody looks at sin and says, well, this is what you did, and I would never do that, so therefore I don't know how to forgive that or Look at the consequences because, you know, everyone has an opportunity for second chance. God says, you know, he came to set the captive free. And so it's the email is is a great place also to start to kind of talk about what do you do when a when a pastor or someone that you hold in high regard, a husband says, this is what I've done. And trying to walk through that a little bit. I understand that this wife that wrote in is probably hurting because a lot of the consequences of her husband's sin has devastated her life. And so that devastation says, I don't know how I can ever forgive you for all that you've done. 
But that's the beginning of trying to look at what forgiveness is, and that is saying, you know, how do I forgive the unforgivable? Well, and I I think there was a verse you were going to be sharing with us. Was it here? Well, I think it's it's part of the process is looking at how does Jesus forgive the unforgivable or the things that we see as unforgivable. You know, and I, I guess I want to I want to talk a little bit about how the church sees sin. You know, most oftentimes the church feels more comfortable when a person comes into the church, if they have a past sin, that it already be dealt with. It's a little harder when someone comes into the church and says, I've been caught in open adultery or I've been caught in pornography or. Well, well, but I think that I just want to offer to you that I think that sometimes it's just it's better to look at somebody that really has 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 that out of their life because sometimes when it's there are certain sins that if people find out about in church there's more of a back off or oh wow you did that or you you know you were in jail you know and that's kind of why we're talking about this kind of cuz that's where Raymond left off pastor Raymond left off with this story was that you know, ultimately it led to his being incarcerated. And, you know, and so I think that's just a hard thing, you know, because then, you know, you you have that, that people have to get past, you know, and be able to see that, wow, God has forgiven me. God has healed me. He has brought me to a place where, I am an overcomer. I've overcome. But you know what? The ultimate thing is, is that we never, none of us ever overcome sin. We may overcome certain sins that have strongholds in our life, but then Satan is always there to try and bring on more strongholds or to try to try and bring in more temptation. You know, to bring more into our life, to somehow get us wrapped up into something that that distracts us and takes us away from God. Absolutely. So, you know, so I'm just offering to you that that, yes, you know, it's good when people we kind of like people to come into the church that are cleaned up. And people might say, you know, you know, that that people are welcome to come in just as they are. You know, but I I still would like to offer that we as Christians need to really look at, are we really okay with certain sins or, or do we look at some sins as different? If somebody comes in and they say, you know, I've been uh, a rapist, you know, or I've, you know, I've, I've been into adultery. I, you know, I was a pastor and I lost my church, you know, because of pornography, you know, or any of those kinds of things. Things, and I, and I think sexual sins are, you know, are big black marks on our on our lives, you know, that cause a lot of not being able to forgive or people not being able to overlook some some things. So, and I just want to offer, and I I want to say again, our phone line is three four zero nine five eight five, 
And we would just love to hear, you know, some comments or questions and just kind of hear what what the thinking is and what kind of thoughts people may be having or what they own in their own life, what they've struggled with, if they've had something in their life that's kind of caused this black mark on their life. Well, and, and yes, and we would like you to call in if you have any comments or questions. Um, don't you think that sometimes it is just a fear of of safety? Like, what do we do now that this person is in our church? Somebody who's done this, it kind of makes it too real for people. Sure. It's like it's much easier to deal with sin that's already been dealt with or to deal with a sin that is less harmful, like gossip or saying or lying, perhaps. But when you get into adultery or or a rapist or somebody who's served prison time, don't you think it strikes up a fear in people? Sure, I could say that it strikes up a fear. I would want to. I'd kind of want to look at that and say, what would that fear? I'm. I'm guess I'm wanting to know your thoughts. What What is that fear that you think it would be? Because in my when I first hear or think about this, I think, wow, you know, it probably bumps up against that our own lives and where our brokenness or where we've learned about, say, if it's a sexual sin, where we've learned about sexual sin or our sexuality. And it kind of challenges things that maybe we've been through growing up ourselves. Sure. It may uncover our past. Exactly. You know, yes. somebody who had to go through a parent who committed adultery or um, exactly. a, a child who had to live through some sort of sexual abuse in their own home. And so now there's somebody who looks like the sinner, the perpetrator, the, the person who hurt them now is sitting in their church. Right. You're saying that that might be causing some of the exactly. fear. Exactly. And it very well might. I mean, I know working, I used to work at the Rape Crisis Center, as did you for a while. And so sometimes I definitely know that people who've had rape issues or have issues where they've been hurt by someone, it hurts. It feels scary again to think there's someone here that is, has, has done any kind of sexual brokenness. Cause it's like, uh oh, you know, they, I've been hurt once by somebody. I don't want to be hurt again. And so certainly I think fear is is a big thing. I also think um, a lot of people get scared for their children. They think, oh, gosh, are my children safe? You know, regardless of the sexual brokenness. True. I know when I, when I came out at my church and told them my struggles with homosexuality, there were some who were worried that does this rub off or, you know, is he going to somehow want our, my, my child to be gay or that, Somehow what he did is going to sh- to rub off on my child. And so I think we just get afraid of the unknown. We're afraid of sin. It's it's scary because we don't know. We're afraid it'll, it'll hurt or rock our perfect world that we try to keep in, intact. Sure, yeah. I think that is a big fear. <clears throat> so sometimes I think forgiveness as we as we go back I just want to offer the verse that I that Shay had talked about first um we have here in John 8 1 through 11 we have the woman who is caught in adultery and of course all of her accusers were around ready to stone her and the Jesus steps in and and uh begins to write in the sand and they all drop their rocks and leave and in verse 10, it says, woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? And she says, no one, sir. 
Then neither do I condemn you, Jesus declared. Go now and leave your life of sin. And I come back to that verse and I, I kind of parallel it to the email that we received about the from the wife whose husband was a pastor. <coughs> Excuse me. I think it's it's difficult because I think Jesus meets us in the midst of our brokenness. He met that woman right where she was, just as he would anybody in any sin. Um, anybody in any sin, whether it's adultery, whether it's prostitution, whether it's a rapist, whether it's a child abuser. He meets in everyone in any sin, and he says, you know, where are your accusers? Neither do I accuse you. Go and sin no more, which is an easy, easier thing said than done. Um but I, I feel for this wife who, who wrote in and says, you know, I've lost everything. She says, I've lost everything because of my husband. How do I have that same attitude? How do I say, you know, I don't condemn you because I'm angry and I'm hurt and I don't know what to do with this. And so I think it's a process of, of trying to get to that place of being able to say, I don't accuse you. But sometimes our hurts get in the way. Sure. Well, and I was just sitting here thinking about the, you know, the story you were talking about from the Bible. And, and you know, he, he first, before he even said anything to her, he first, he first approached them. Mm-hmm. He first approached the accusers, you know, and, and was asking them, you know, who hears without any sin? Absolutely. You know? And so, which just, it just kind of puts in perspective of that we all have sin. We all struggle with sin. And, you know, I think that it's hard to look at that. I mean, there are some, you know, I can even sit here and say that, you know, sometimes there's just some sin that just seems to be, wow, that's just hard to, that's hard to forgive, you know, wells up a little bit of anger, you know, maybe in me. But again, like I said, it, 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 if I look at it, I look at it and I know that it's because it bumps up against my own pain and my own hurts from my past. Something that I can relate to and something that I can say I've been through. And, and it angers me when I hear about it happening to somebody else, you know. And especially seeing somebody that's maybe, you know, done that sin to somebody else, you know. But um, but then, you know, I think we're always called to look, you know, and to, to work past that and to, to look at our own selves and to look at people through <coughs> as Jesus sees them, as God sees them. Absolutely. And, and I think God would meet... My personal belief is that Jesus would meet both of those ends of that spectrum on the same level. I think he would meet with the woman caught in adultery just like he would meet with the wife of the husband whom she was caught with. Because he loves both of them. His feeling for both of them is hurt. He sees their hurt and their pain. Exactly. And that's the genuineness of Christ. It's not always easy for us to do that because our hurts get in the way. Like you just said, we relate to someone who's hurt us. 
And so we don't want to be hurt again, or we don't want our child to have to go through that, or we don't want our marriage to be affected like that person's marriage is. Exactly. But the great thing about Jesus is he was always able, still is able, to meet us right in the same, in the genuineness of our own pain. In this place that says, you know what, I know you're hurt, and just as much as I love that child who hurt you, I love you as well. And that's a, that's a crazy feeling sometimes when you finally realize that Jesus loves the person who hurt you just as much as he loves you. I know it sounds kind of weird, but it's, we, we tend to say, I know he can love me because I'm the one that was hurt. But then he says, hold on just a minute. I also love the one who hurt you. And that's a crazy road because what it says is, is, uh oh, I have to look at the fact that Jesus considers the person who hurt me as a, as his child as, or as his, as his brother, as his sister as well, as a child of God. And he hurts for them. And so I think it's an interesting, it's an interesting road to begin to walk down if you choose to take that road. We want to just say one more time that we are a call-in show and our number is 340-9585. Maybe you're having some feelings respond, that are responding to what we're talking about today and you'd like to share them. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, please don't hesitate to call in. You're also welcome to check out our website at www.shadowofhiswingsministry.com. And as you said, uh, next week we will be re-meeting with Pastor Raymond again uh, to help uh, to ask him to kind of finish his story. I think sometimes pastors, especially as the, because they are called to a higher standard, and they're 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 called to a, because they're a teacher and a, and a pastor. Uh, I think it's sometimes especially hard to hear that a pastor has lost his way has gotten caught up in sin. So why would you why do you think that it probably that it, that it is a harder a harder thing to look past when a pastor somebody that leads a flock or leads the church um when outward sin is found out Well, I think how many P words you want me to come up with? I think pastors are on pedestals, pastors are meant to be perfect, pastors are meant to to do all those things. We put a pastor on a pedestal. We say a pastor can't have any brokenness. We we look to our pastors and we say, you are to be above reproach and without any sin. And uh, I think it's always interesting because I've spoken to pastors who say, you know, um, it's hard to be real in my congregation. It's hard to be real and just say whether I have a horrible sin or whether I just you know, say a curse word every now and then when somebody pulls out in front of me in traffic. I can't really be real because everyone expects me, if they expect something more from me than what I can give. And so I just kind of uh, have a, just, I have a, a heart for pastors who just, who just feel like they can't share what they really feel sometimes. Um, I just appreciate the reality that we're all sin. We're all, excuse me, we're all sinners. Um, don't forget, we're a call-in show. Uh, we're coming up on a break here. You're welcome to call in at 340-9585. 
and we will pick it up after the break. We'll talk a little bit about uh, what it means to forgive when you find someone or yourself or someone that's very close to you in a sin that seems overwhelming and seems like you're not able to forgive. So will you join us after the break? We'll pick up from there. Love has done its part. Now let him reign in my life and my heart. Your love has done its part. Now let him reign in my life and my heart. Your love has done its part. Now let him reign in my life and my heart. Your love is done its part. Let him reign in my life and my heart. His love has done its part. Now let him reign in my life and my heart. His love has done its part. Let him reign. What's in? What's in? Well, that's as far away as the east is. Well, welcome back. You're joining Shadow of His Wings Ministry, Healing Hidden Wounds Radio. We are talking a little bit tonight about forgiveness and the unforgivable sin. I just love that song, What Sin? Amen. God looks at us and he says, what sin? You know, it's not here anymore. It's as far as the east is from the west. And isn't that an amazing thing? And when you think about it, the truth really is, is that when Jesus looks at us, I mean, when God looks at us, he looks at us through the blood of Christ. Amen. And so he sees us white as snow. Well, and so I just want to offer to, if there's, if there's somebody out there, because I know you know, sometimes sin does get us wrapped up and it speaks lies to us. You know, I was talking to somebody this last week um, and just talking about how sometimes sin, even when we are out of our sin, even when we're at a place where, you know, we're not we're not actively involved in our sin or, you know, maybe I'm not saying that we're sinless because we still struggle with other sins, but if there's any particular sin that has a hold of your life, you know, but that the memory of who you were and where you've been sometimes wraps itself so strongly around you that it's that shame that just keeps you bound up. And so I'm just, I just want to talk to, to folks that are out there. If there's somebody out there that's just saying, wow, look what I've done. Look where I've been. You know, but but you know that God's forgiven you. But yet that that memory is still there to tell you, you know what? Look what I've done. And you just it's just there to remind you that that it's saying to you that I am not worthy. I am not worthy of God's love. I just want to say that's not true. Mm-hmm. I want to speak truth into you right now and just just let you know that, you know what? That's what the father says is what sin, you know what, Jesus came and he died for your sin. 
And so I just want, I'm just praying that you can grab a hold of that and, and just know the truth. Amen. Let's, let's actually pray. How, why don't we? Okay. You know, Father, I do pray specifically for that person sitting out there right now. And I just, I pray that your hand would touch their heart because I just pray for their hurt. For that person who's sitting here listening and saying, you know what, you, but you just don't know what I've done. You don't know where I've been and you don't know where I've done. And there's no way God would ever want to know me because it's been, it's just been too much. And I just thank you, Jesus, that all that person would have to do is, number one, cry out to you and ask you to intercede and come into their heart if they haven't already done so. And then number two, accept your grace and forgiveness. Because that's really what what gets rid of the shame is realizing the rest of that song, which says, what sin, what sin? It's as far as the east is from the West, it's been thrown into the sea of forgetfulness. And I thank you, Father, that you have a, a, a sea of forgetfulness when it comes to our sin. <clears throat> that you never meant for us to be wrapped up and then shackled by shame. You meant for us to be free in your grace. And it, it's not cheap grace. It's just the absolute abundance of your grace that says, you know what, I see your sin and where are your accusers? Go and sin no more. And so I thank you for that person who's listening that maybe they can hear that it doesn't really matter what you've done. It doesn't really matter where you've been. It doesn't matter what other people have said to you. And I thank you, Jesus, that you speak into their heart right now that it doesn't really matter what other people have said about your sin. I thank you, Jesus, that you love them right where they're at. Even if right this moment they're doing something that they know is sinful, I pray that person would know right this moment that your absolute love for them has not changed and that all they have to do is look up to you, look around for you, and you'll be there. And I praise you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, that's really, <coughs> excuse me, that's really important to me because I remember as a 16-year-old kid, I remember driving somewhere and realizing that I was driving to go and do some sinful stuff. I was in my car and I was driving and I was crying out to the Lord. I was probably going to go do sexual stuff with somebody that I shouldn't have and and I was, I was crying out to God and saying, you know what, I want, I just want you to, to change me. I wanted you to do something. And of course the car didn't stop miraculously and, you know, something didn't happen miraculously. And unfortunately I went on and did some crazy sinful stuff. But, but the most amazing thing is I think if I had heard somebody praying like that on the radio, it might have stopped me because in that moment, all I could think was, is you're too far gone, Lee. There's nothing that Jesus wants to do for you because you are too far gone. And I just pray that anybody listening out there would understand that you are never too far gone. That his hand will always be able to reach you no matter how far gone you think you are. So if you have any comments or questions and you'd like to share tonight or you have something you'd like to ask, you're welcome to give us a call locally. It's 210 340 
9585, and we'd love to hear your comments or your questions. And that's just, again, 340-9585. Well, thanks for sharing all that. Well, let's talk a little bit more about forgiveness. You know, I I do want to answer this lady's email, and I feel for her. Um, I want her to understand that, that God also has a heart for her. Because it does hurt. Sin hurts. And it's okay to say that. That sin does hurt. The consequences of sin hurts. Uh, the pain of losing everything hurts. That's why it's so important for us to understand the process of, of forgiveness in all of that. And and how does Jesus, how does he, you had asked me a question about how Jesus was able to say <coughs> uh, in, the, in that verse, um, therefore go and sin no more. Do you remember that? Yes, I do remember that. And I guess my question to you was, you know, it was interesting. It was we were just kind of talking and and we were talking over the verse where he tells the the woman at the well to go and sin no more. Well, he knows that, you know, he knows that she's still going to struggle with sin. You know, so I was asking you, what what do you think he meant actually meant by saying go and sin no more? Well, I think Jesus is always calling us to a higher a higher level. I think he knows that we're not able on our own to to be sinless. That's why he says <clears throat> if we remain in the vine that we are he is the vine, we are the branches. If the branch remains in the vine, we will bear much fruit. <clears throat> so I think that's why it's so important for us to not get so so bogged down in how we fail, but try to remember that we are being called to a standard that Jesus himself set and can fulfill in us through him, through his hope, through his Holy Spirit in us. You know, freedom comes when our Holy, when the Holy Spirit in us helps us. He is our helper. He is our comforter. He is that one that says, don't put that needle in your arm anymore. I'm your comfort. I will be your comfort. <clears throat> but yeah, we have trouble trusting that. So I think in that moment, Jesus was calling her to a higher standard. He was calling her to the woman he knew she could be by saying, go and sin no more. Because what that says to a woman, if you th- if you think for a second, as I was thinking about it earlier, you know, here's a woman that's in the depths of her own despair. You know, if we think she likes being in this situation, she doesn't. And if we think that she enjoys being in this kind of life, I don't think she does. I've met people in habitual sin. I've been in habitual sin. I've met prostitutes before. <clears throat> who if you take everything away from them, they're what they believe what they've convinced themselves of, they find you will find that they're not happy where they're at. They're condemned to it. And so to have the savior of the world look her square in the eye and say, Go and sin no more, 
I think he was giving her hope. I think he was telling her right then and there, I see more in you than you'd see in yourself. Yes, you're better than this. That's right. This is not who you are. So go and sin no more. That's why, folks, condemnation doesn't change a person. That's why if someone were to walk into your church, maybe a prostitute, maybe a homosexual, maybe a man caught in adultery, if he were to walk into your church, condemning his sin doesn't change him. Grace is what changes him. That's what Jesus was showing in that in that whole that whole passage. Well, and I think avoiding avoiding the person doesn't change. You know how Absolutely. many times I I was reading on my Facebook, uh, one of my one of my friends was saying that she had gone. She's looking for a new church, and she had gone into a church and. You know, not one person had said anything to her. And so I'm thinking, you know, you get somebody that's maybe transgendered and goes into a church or somebody that is homosexual and goes into a church. And, and, and you know, there's not really any condemnation. Nobody goes up and says, you know, you're going to hell or you're doing this or no judging outwardly. But what about the nonverbal, you know, the non-expressive, just ignoring and just walking away, not approaching, you know, the person? Absolutely. And would we have the same courage that Jesus had to step in in that moment and say, where are your accusers? Wait a minute. You all have sinned as well. Go and sin no more. Would we have had the same courage to do that? And I think it's hard. It's a hard question, but I think we are called to be like Christ. And so would we have had the same courage to see a woman being caught in that kind of predicament and being able to rescue her and say, wait a minute, you know, I, I've sinned as well. We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Okay, hold on. And so how do you do that? You know, how do you get that much courage to be able to step in and be like Christ in that situation? I think we have a caller. Hello, you're on the air with Lee and Shay. How can we help? Well, I don't know if you can help, but are you open to a respectful disagreement with you? Sure. And first of all, I'd really like to congratulate you, Elder. I've heard your show a few times, and I want to. I'm really impressed with. your recovery and how you're trying to help other people. But the one thing I'm concerned about, and quite frankly, I think other listeners may be because somebody else said it to me, is it seems that the concentration is on the person that has committed this call to sin. Example, if I may, last week you had a guy who had been a pastor. I had, uh, I practiced law for over 30 years. I know you don't go to prison unless it involves children, but that was never spoken. So, and I personally think it's great if he's recovered and he should be allowed to attend a church, but he's, he's lost his, he's forfeited his right to be a pastor. And I respectfully offer that. And if you'd like to comment, you can, or if you'd like to ask me something, you can. But I do know this, that last week when I did hear that part, I kept waiting for him to acknowledge what it was, but it was all very marshmallow and avoided. And you don't go to prison for adultery. You don't go to prison for masturbation. And that's what you were talking about last week. So 
I really would have to suggest, while he should be forgiven, if he's truly repentant, he should be forgiven and treated okay. But I listened very closely, and I did not hear one word from him that talked about his victims. At any rate, that's uh, if you'd like me to hang up, you're free to comment, or if you want me to hang on. And no, I'd, I'd like to ask you a question. And, and, you know, that's why he's coming back next week is, is, you know, we don't force anybody to share more of their testimony than what they're ready to. And that's kind of what we're talking about this week is, is why do we as a people put specific uh, consequences on sin? I realize our legal system does, and it's absolutely meant to do that. But just let me help. I'd just like to ask you. What do you think prevents him from ever being a pastor again? Uh, would you, I'm sorry. Would you repeat that? I'm so sorry. Do what? Uh, I messed part of what you said. Would you mind repeating that? Sure, sure. I realize that the legal system absolutely holds people accountable for their sin, and it's supposed to be. Yeah. But I'm wondering what you would say disqualifies him from ever being a pastor again. Aha, now we've got down to the point. And, and I will answer your question. For all the reasons that pastor must be of the same kind of person in private that he is in public, we must be able to count on and rely on our religious leaders. And if we can't, he certainly can be forgiven. He can be a member of church. But he cannot be teaching me right from wrong in God's Word if he's living in that sin. And I understood from last week, he spent 12 years, and correct me if I'm wrong, as a pastor struggling with the sin. At the time he was being a pastor, he's obviously doing something that was criminal activity. And I know you don't go to prison, as I say, for an affair. So, and to answer your question directly, he has forfeited his right because he is not of the moral and ethical character that people can look up to. Should he be forgiven if he's truly repentant? Yes. Should he be allowed to attend a church? No problem. Can he be the leader? I think not. Well, and I was just wondering, so you come from a place where you believe that once a person has acknowledged their sin, they aren't, they aren't forgiven completely ever to restoration? Uh, I didn't anything about that. The one thing we've all looked at is true repentance that I mentioned. The second thing that's not been acknowledged, I'm sorry, what? I, well, I was just trying to understand. I, I, I'm not trying to argue. I was just wondering. No, no. And, and, please, and please understand, sir, I'm, I'm respectful, trying to be respectful. I'm not trying to argue, but I, that's why I asked. So okay for a respectful disagreement. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's why I didn't want to come across that way either. I really appreciate your comment. I'm just wondering, because I'm trying to understand, since we're talking about forgiveness, when when someone is fully forgiven, like, <coughs> excuse me, you know, let's say you hear next week on his sh- on the show that he has absolutely been repentant, has been clean for, for several years, and I'm just saying, I guess I'm understanding from you, you still don't see him as ever being returned to the pulpit. I don't think I would be comfortable with him. 
And I and I will tell you this from last week's show. I listened very carefully, and let's let's be honest. Not once did he outright acknowledge the criminal activity involving sex that got him put in prison. He talked around it and around, but nobody would name it. If a guy's truly repentant, he stands up and he says, "I think pretty much like you did," because I was listening to you talk, and you stood you stood up and said, "I have done this." And you said, you acknowledge it. I think that is one of the emblems of repentance. Well, and I appreciate those comments. I, I hope that you'll listen next week because I, I know him and I know he has spoken publicly about his, his sin. The, the, the issue is sometimes though, it's as, <laughs> as I even sit here on the air, I know that it's hard to share your deepest sins with the public, because sometimes people don't oftentimes uh, offer you the same grace and forgiveness. And I think that may be what's holding him back. But I really just want to offer, you know, what we're trying to come <clears throat> to an understanding, at least tonight, is, is, and you can certainly answer this if you'd like, why do you think we are able to forgive some sin but not others? Well, I think certain sins cannot be resolved unless the entire congregation knows about the sin and they indeed accept it. But I got to see, I listened very closely and you can go back and review the program yourself. I heard nothing from the gentleman about his people, his victims, his church. I heard it all concentrated on him. And I must say, when I hear that, I think that man's not truly repentant. He's concerned about his hurt. Absolutely. Well, I I definitely appreciate your feedback. Cause, uh -huh. And I well, hope thank you, you. I uh, hope you listen because I think well, you may hear something uh, different yeah, next well, week. Well, I know a guy can always come back and in his repartee can always try to clean up. But I also know that a guy should be acknowledging and forthright without having to rebut. Sure. And anyway, I will let you go, and I appreciate your time. Thanks so much for your call. Well, it's interesting, interesting things to think about. But I do want to add, um, I didn't get a chance to say, but I did want to add that sometimes we do have topics that have to do with people that are involved in certain sins. But we do also talk to people that have been victims of particular sins as well. And, um, you know, they're kind of, it's kind of hard to cover the same, those two topics, um, in one show. Sure. And I truly appreciate the caller's comments because we definitely believe that should any pastor who has caught in any kind of sin, they definitely should be absolutely forthright in what their sin is oh, and yes. what they've been caught in. And they should absolutely be completely repentant. It's hard for me personally to know how to judge repentance, but I understand what the caller is saying is, is that with, with all these things showing, if you see a person coming forward, absolutely being honest in their sin, all those things, then you have, <coughs> excuse me, most likely a repentant heart. And so I just appreciate the caller and I appreciate the feedback and, uh, and we're not having him back to clean up. I just want to make sure that people understand that. He actually was meant to come back uh, not 
this week because we were going to be, he couldn't come this week, but he would be coming next week. So we were going to wrap up and finish up with what he had to say the, the next week because it's very hard to get everything in. And I'm absolutely not trying to defend him. His, uh, I think his story will defend himself, but I definitely appreciate it because this is exactly what our show is about, is trying to talk about hard issues and issues that don't always come back with great, pretty, comfortable answers. Well, and I just kind of, I, I don't want, want to throw too much of a monkey wrench in right here at the close, because I know we're getting ready to close, but... You know, my mind was just kind of going to uh, to Saul in the Bible, and Saul was known to be uh, a murderer. He murdered Christians for their faith and for their belief. That Saul became Paul, which Amen. we read about and we follow his words in the Bible. And so, you know, I think that kind of shed some light on where forgiveness can start. Absolutely. You know? Not really talking about leading a church, just talking about forgiveness and and how we move on. Absolutely. Well, we sure appreciate you listening tonight. We thank you for helping us walk through these hard issues that we're trying to offer absolute questions to, I mean, absolute answers to. So we sure appreciate you doing that. We want to remind you that we'll be on again next Sunday at 8 o'clock. You're welcome to check out the website at www.shadowofhiswingsministry.com. We look forward to hearing from you next week as well, and hopefully you'll stay tuned. <coughs> Excuse me, and please pray for this cedar to leave the, the South Texas area. God bless you, and we'll talk to you next week. Love has done its part. Let him reign in my life and my heart. Thank you for listening to Healing Hidden Wounds, sponsored by Shadow of His Wings Ministry. We hope through the words spoken here, you found Christ's hope, healing, and restoration. Shadow of His Wings is a 501c3 nonprofit ministry, and this radio show is listener-supported. Please go to www.shadowofhiswingsministry.com to donate if you'd like to support the work we do.